Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and 80s backup dancer, Brendan Tuma. It's the Wednesday morning edition of The Kickoff. That means it is time to talk about some rest-of-season risers and fallers. But first, let me remind you about our latest giveaway. It is a signed Debo Samuel jersey. How can you not want that after seeing what this guy just did on Monday Night Football? All you got to do to be entered into the giveaway is to leave a review for this show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox. And then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. That's it. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros. That is three times the entries. Also, have you entered to win a season ticket package for the 2022 NFL season from TickPick? TickPick is the original no-fee ticket site. They've teamed up with Zip. They're giving away the five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. They're going to do a drawing every single month. As you guys know, they've done two. They've got three more until February. At the end of this month, they're going to do another drawing. Make sure you enter. All you got to do is go to TickPick.com slash pros. That's it. T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. Again, each package is valued at $3,000. So don't wait. All right, before we get to the risers and fallers for the rest of the season, let's run through some of the bigger news items. Elijah Mitchell suffered a broken finger in the win over the Rams on Monday night, and he had a procedure done on his finger. And his status for this upcoming week against the Jaguars is unclear. Uh, there is optimism that he's going to be able to play against broken finger. Always difficult to know how long it's going to keep a guy out. I did drop Mitchell in my rest of season rankings, which I'll talk about in a little bit, just with the uncertainty. But for now, expect him to be able to suit up. Damien Harris returned to practice as he recovers from a concussion. Again, this wasn't a full practice, so we don't know what he would have done because they had the Thursday night game. But things are trending in the right direction. That's bad news for Ramondre Stevenson. But again, we're still in a little wait-and-see mode. Cordero Patterson was at practice on Tuesday, which was a little surprising. But he was limited. Again, I'm not expecting him to suit up. There was a report yesterday from Tom Pelissero that suggested that he's probably going to need at least this week to recover. So again, make other arrangements for now for Thursday night. Le'Veon Bell was released by the Ravens. Maybe this indicates that Latavius Murray is on his way back, which would be good news for those who roster Murray, of course. But you weren't relying on Le'Veon Bell anyway at this point, so no need to be too concerned. Joey Bosa was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. NFL Network reports that Ben Roethlisberger will play in Week 11 if he clears COVID protocols and is physically fit enough to play. That was a really weird update because you kind of just assumed that if Ben Roethlisberger cleared protocol, he would play. But I don't know. I guess they felt the need to explain that he's got to be physically fit enough to play, given that maybe he is suffering, obviously, from severe symptoms. We know he self-reported, so he wasn't an asymptomatic case or anything like that. But either way, Roethlisberger hopefully has enough time to be cleared because certainly the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, they need him badly. Minka Fitzpatrick, meanwhile, is unlikely to play in Week 11 after being put on the reserve COVID-19 list. Mike Tomlin says he's pretty much almost certainly going to be out. Richard Sherman has a grade 2 calf strain, and the Packers worked out carry-on Johnson while they're missing Aaron Jones. All right, let's talk about a few rest-of-season risers and fallers. I'm going to move quickly on this, guys, because, again, with Yates out, I'm still filling in for him on the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast, and... On Tuesday, I was on an episode with Pat Fitzmorris. We talked about a lot of our risers and fallers and trade targets and all that good stuff. So if you want some detailed thoughts, feel free to look at that podcast. So I'm going to go very quickly through this, and I'm going to talk about some running backs who are rising. And of course, A.J. Dillon is a major riser 
Pat stole him um, in terms of the guys we can talk about on our podcast. But he was RB34 last week, so a guy who you could start as a flex, and he now moves to RB17. I think the overwhelming likelihood here is that Dylan does get two starts as the main guy without Aaron Jones for the Packers before their week 13 bye, and then Jones is able to return in week 14. After that, he's probably going to go back to being this, you know, borderline flex play. Maybe he'll do so well that he'll carve out a bigger role for himself. But two games right now as the starting running back with the bye factored in, which again factors into rest of season rankings pretty heavily at this point, leaves him as a solid mid-tier RB2 if I'm valuing guys rest of season overall. Antonio Gibson also moves up from RB26 to RB19. We talked about him on Monday. He obviously got the volume. And look, if we're looking at this game against the Bucks and they're going to give him 26 touches, then you got to buy into the fact that they're not all that concerned right now about the stress fracture in his shin. And if so, it's going to get upwards of 20 carries a game, hopefully a little more involved in the passing game. you got to value him as an RB2. Again, there's a chance that later on in the season, if Washington completely ends any remote discussion of the playoffs, pretty much done now, but you know they're still mathematically alive. Once that part of it ends, uh, maybe they'll shut down Gibson. But for now, given their schedule, you've got to value him a little more highly than you did before. Tony Pollard moves up from RB40 to RB29. Pollard had not looked good for two games, did look good in this game against Atlanta. And Zeke seems a little banged up here. Um, you know, I, I'm not 100% on it, but, you know, he did have the knee injury. He came in and he did score the two touchdowns, but he looked a little slower than usual, I would think, and Pollard looked good. So again, he goes back to being not only the elite insurance policy back, but a guy who might be able to help you on a weekly basis. Ramondre Stevenson moves up from RB49 to RB34. Before Harris returned to practice, he was higher than that, but once we saw that Harris seemingly has a decent chance to play on Thursday. Stevenson goes back to flex consideration. And again, with Harris there, which I'm basically now just assuming in my rest of season rankings, uh, you know, you have to assume that Stevenson is going to carve out a flex worthy role for himself, but that's really going to be the cap unless Harris is injured. Tiata Foreman moves up from RB53 to RB41. We talked about him in the waiver wire show as well. He is a guy who I think can have value down the road. You probably can't start him yet, even against Houston. But we know he's the most explosive back, and there is a plausible path for him to become a viable flex play. So he certainly moves up, again, still far down the rankings, as is Jeff Wilson, who moves up from RB67 to RB42. This is entirely about the Elijah Mitchell finger injury. If Mitchell is out this coming weekend, then Wilson is going to be an RB2. So, you know, he's got to move up, certainly, from being totally off the radar. Some running backs who are falling include James Conner, who falls from RB16 to RB23. Uh, I mean, he saved his day with that touchdown, and you don't want to draw too many conclusions on a game where the Cardinals just got completely demolished by the Panthers. But bottom line is he may only have a single game left without Chase Edmonds because of the bye. Not expecting Kyler Murray to suit up here. And now you got a matchup against the Seahawks team that, again, when you look at the fantasy points allowed, it's not great. But they're 11th in DVOA against the run, and they have been much better against running backs lately, and they probably want to make a statement here. So for me, I would try to trade Connor before this game to a running back needy team. Another follower is Elijah Mitchell, who we mentioned. Again, he falls from RB18 to RB24. So this isn't something where I'm completely running away from him. It doesn't sound like a long-term injury, although there's obviously a little uncertainty, but he is the guy in that backfield, and I know people have been wanting to find reason for Jeff Wilson and 
even Trey Sermon if they could. But so long as Mitchell's healthy, he is going to be the guy there. And you have to expect, because this is not a long-term thing, that he is going to return RB2 value going forward. Aaron Jones falls from RB9 to RB30. I don't think this needs much explanation. You're probably not going to see him until week 14. That's going to give you a week of the regular season left. So we'll have to see about that. Devontae Freeman falls from RB32 to RB39. This is just reading the tea leaves that Latavius Murray seems like he's on his way back, and we don't know how the backfield is going to be split. And Adrian Peterson falls from RB39 to RB48. You can't start Peterson under any circumstances at this point. So you can go ahead and move on. Some wide receivers rising up my rest of season rankings include Jalen Waddle, who moves from wide receiver 30 to wide receiver 21. He's just awesome. And really, when you look at the guys around him, he's just somebody you should feel comfortable starting so long as Tua is under center. He gets the Jets twice in his next four games. He sees a consistent target volume. He's got to be a wide receiver, too, in your lineup for me at this point going forward. As does Devontae Smith, who goes from wide receiver 33 to wide receiver 22. We talked all about him Monday. I don't want to belabor it. He's an elite route runner. The Philadelphia offense is looking better. You can buy on six targets a game when they represent a 30% target share from your quarterback. The Eagles and Nick Sirianni are learning how to best utilize him. He will fight for the ball when he gets it. He was inconsistent, but he should be far more solid in a soft closing schedule. Christian Kirk moves up from wide receiver 38 to wide receiver 32. He's just a poor man's Hunter Renfro at this point. Over his last six games, he's seen at least five targets, and he has at least four catches in each of them. doesn't matter if it's Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy under center. Kirk has the volume to certainly make him a locked-in wide receiver three in PPR formats at least. But even in half PPR leagues, he's just never going to disappoint. If he finds the end zone, you're pretty much golden. Rashad Bateman also continues to rise from wide receiver 43 to wide receiver 33. He's just been a steady riser. He averages seven targets and four and a half catches per game since he's been back. We were waiting to see what the impact was of Sammy Watkins. The impact turned out to be none at all. So he basically hurt his chances in that game. The volume here is enough for Bateman to be a wide receiver three going forward. Corey Davis also moves up from wide receiver 49 to wide receiver 39. First, he returned healthy. So obviously that's going to bump him up a little bit. Second, he returned productive. Five catches for 93 yards against the Bills. He did lose a fumble, but still, that's a tough matchup and he did well. Third, Zach Wilson is returning, and we know what the target share looks like when Zach Wilson is under center. Davis has seen at least six targets and caught at least four passes in all of his games except one. It's not a ceiling play, but it's a floor play, which most fantasy managers need at this point. Biggest fallers at wide receiver include Mike Williams. Again, wide receiver 24 down to wide receiver 31 every single week. I don't know if it's his knee. I don't care if it's his knee. He's getting basically five targets a week, two or three catches a week not a focal point of the offense. It's just very difficult to be excited about him. He falls into the wide receiver three range for me, as does DJ Moore, who fell from wide receiver 21 to wide receiver 28. We don't need to dive into it too much. He just continues his downward trend. I mean, the targets are there. He's seen at least seven in every single game, but no touchdowns and no games over 73 yards in his last six games. Cam Newton gives a little bit of optimism because we knew it wasn't going to get better without some sort of change. So maybe this is the catalyst, but in the end, it's really hard to be optimistic. Same thing with Jarvis Landry, who falls from wide receiver 37 to wide receiver 47. 10 targets, 7 catches, 37 yards combined in the last two games. The Browns run the ball the second highest clip in the league. All right, Landry is complaining right now about not getting targeted more. I thought it was a buy low a few weeks ago, especially with OBJ out the door, but with the state of the Cleveland offense and 
just their general philosophy. He's a sell for me if you can get anything for him. Very quickly, some tight end and quarterback risers. Hunter Henry goes from tight end 15 to tight end 10. As much as I hate to admit this, I cannot deny all these touchdowns. Seven in his last seven games. He's got 12 red zone targets. That's fourth in the NFL. There's just no reason to expect this to end. So touchdowns, you know, seem fluky. But in the end, if they target you as soon as you get to the goal line, it means something. Dan Arnold moves from tight end 18 to tight end 11. We talked about him on the waiver wire show. But again, at least 60 yards in three straight games. And in four of his last five, there's very little reason to doubt him. He's moved beyond just the streaming category into a guy you can start weekly. Also moving up is Tyler Higby, who moves from tight end 17 to tight end 12. Uh, he had moved down because of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, but the loss of Robert Woods is a big deal, and Beckham just doesn't replace that. We saw Higby get a touchdown on Monday night. He's got three on the season. He could easily have, you know, six. He leads all tight ends with 16 red zone targets, so he moves back up to being a borderline starter for me. As for quarterbacks, it's Cam Newton, who moves from QB 25 to QB 18. Pretty obvious as to why. First, we know he's the starter going forward. Last week's rankings included that he wasn't going to start in that first game. You know he's going to factor in around the goal line. He should add rushing yards going forward. and get away with him in a deeper league as a bi-week filler or as a potential starter in the right matchup. Some fallers at tight end include Dallas Goddard, who falls from tight end 8 to tight end 13. Just the end of the tight end tier is just really, really jumbled. And Goddard has a concussion. We don't know his availability. It's clearly him and Devontae Smith, um, but he's not going to see a ton of targets necessarily. But he'll start him most weeks so long as he's healthy. But this factors in, of course, the concussion. Noah Fant falls from tight end 11 to tight end 15. Again, he's coming off a good game, but it's just really hard to be consistent with so many pass catchers like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Albert O, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. It's a low-volume offense. There are more enticing options than him right now at the tight end position, so it's not somebody who I'm targeting as a tight end one any longer. As for your quarterback, it's Justin Herbert, who falls from QB8 to QB11. Pat Fitzmorris and I talked about this on the Sunday Night Recap Show of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Uh, I had some concerns in the preseason, the fact that he was going from Anthony Lynn's offense, which is a pretty simple scheme, and it's favorable to a rookie quarterback like Herbert, to Joe Lombardi. He runs a much more complicated scheme. It requires a lot more precision, and it's tough to sort of master. Herbert has been held to 223 passing yards or fewer in three of his last four games. There are just more reliable options at the end of your QB tier. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash pros. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.